Hello, everybody. This is Brother Kapow, Paul, Clevin, P11. Today is the, uh, December 15th. And um, I just want to show you something pretty quick about uh, what I see as today, where we're at. As you know, you've heard me speak many times about biblical prophecy being cyclic. Not so much linear, but cyclic. It's like um, in Matthew, where um, Matthew writes that uh, the abomination of desolation as spoken by the prophet Daniel, he who has understanding or ears to hear, let him hear. It's cyclic. Uh, what happened in um, 721 BC occurred very similar in 5, you know, 86 BC. What happened with the Assyrians and their destruction of Israel and Jerusalem, uh, that area is the same, very similar to happened with the Babylonian destruction. And um, in the intertestamental period, you know, with Antichius Epiphanes and his um, his destruction of the temple, even though he didn't totally destroy it, but he burned the gates and he burned a pig, a swine on God's altar, defiling it and causing an abomination. The armies themselves were abomination. So Luke, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, Matthew goes back and says, like that, like written by the prophet Daniel, when you see this, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, Matthew is writing what Jesus is saying. But when you see this, as spoken by the prophet Daniel, get out of Jerusalem. And what he was talking about was in 40 years, within that generation that he's speaking to, the Jerusalem would fall and it would fall by God's hand. It would it would fall by the return of Christ, still in his, his first event, but the return of Christ in judgment against the Jewish people who rejected him as Messiah. You got to remember you had Moses and you had the prophets. Moses, a greater prophet than me is going to come. Listen to him. You had the prophets starting with Elijah. Um, I mean, not starting with Elijah. I mean, it goes way back, but Elijah was the main one to predict the Messiah. And these, he's like the Moses and Elijah. Those two are the ones who met Christ on the transfiguration it's the prophet and the law. And it's what the Jewish people looked at for thousands of years, expecting their Messiah, expecting uh, God's Savior to them. So when he does come, they reject him. And that's no good. And so what we end up with is Christ coming back in judgment within 40 years in AD 70, and totally destroying not only Jerusalem, but all of Judea, but the whole temple in the temple system. Now, you couldn't worship Yahweh. You couldn't do proper oh, sacrifices without a Levitical system or the uh, Mosaic system that was set in place, the Levitical law, and that was all annihilated. It's been annihilated since for the last 2,000 years. It's not returning. There's no third temple. That's not happening. Christ created a new covenant and it was in his blood. He was the sacrifice. He was and is the Paschal Passover lamb. There's no way to the father now 
but through Christ. You can't get to the Father. You can't re- be reconciled by the law and by doing the works of the law. It's only through Christ. It's a free gift of grace through Christ that we realize and go, yeah, we, we want that. That's We realize that, that God has sent his only begotten son. God made flesh, the word, to reconcile us. So in the first century, the Jews, they were looking for Messiah, and many found him in Christ, and many found the Messiah after his death and resurrection because there was a group of people who witnessed his resurrection and his uh, new birth, so to say. And they were called uh, to witness to all of the known world, all of Judea, all of the Roman Empire, and preach that gospel. And that gospel was the good news. Good news saying is you no longer need to work for your salvation. You no longer need to um, do anything, any religious activity to be reconciled to God. God has reconciled you to himself through his son, through God, the essence of God becoming flesh himself. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing when you look into the gospel and the the very basic things that God has provided for us. Strip yourself of all the religion. Strip yourself of the Christian religion, even because Christianity is a religion. We do religious things. Um, you know, we do religious things in church. We believe certain things. We behave certain ways. But strip yourself of the religion, and 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 understand as much as you can through our little human pea brains, brains, the magnitude and sovereignty of Father himself, of God himself, and what he has done to reconcile us, his creatures, back to himself. So I'm going to show you some things, excuse me, in prophecy that uh, are cyclic. So as you know, AD 70 is, is, is historical. The book of Revelation is about AD 70. The book of Revelation was revealed. It's the apocalypse of Christ. It's the unveiling of Christ to the apostle John, to the writer John. We believe the apostle John, the same one who wrote the gospel. But it was revealed so that he could write these things down that were soon to take place, not 2,000 years in the future, but soon to take place. And this letter, this, this apocalypse was an encouragement, was meant to be an encouragement to the first century church that was living in in that day that was about to face severe persecution. Some unto death, some would die, some would be thrown into prison. Um, The main thing, and Christ said this, he said this in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where he says, um, in Matthew, it's when you see the the abomination of desolation, uh, get out. Uh, Luke clarifies that. He says, when you see the armies surrounding Jerusalem, get out. Mark 13 says the same thing. When you see all these things happening, get out. It it was a very real thing. When you saw the Roman armies, because Christ, in in those three gospels, in the Olivet Discourse, when they said, uh, when he said, there'll be no stone left unturned in the Jerusalem temple, they said, well, Lord, when will these things happen? And what are the signs of your coming? And so he starts to give them all these signs. And there's, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's all these things going on. And th- it happened. It was it was historical. 
And what he was saying is when you see this stuff, remember my, my prophetic word to you, get out. I, I provided an escape for you. Get out. And uh, the early church got out of Jerusalem. You see, it, was, it would have been opposite of what you humanly wanted to do. If you were a first century Jew, the, the place you would want to go for refuge was Jerusalem. It was the city of God. God's temple was there. His name was on that city. That's the place you would go for refuge. Shut the doors, hunker down, and God would save you. You know, There's no way uh, the Gentile armies were going to destroy the city of God or the temple of God. But because Christ warned his church, his, his people, his believers, 40 years before it happened, they had this prophecy. And then he was kind enough to give the apocalypse to John so that John could write this letter. And it was distributed. It said, don't seal this up. Tell everybody this. And so the churches knew what was going down. Remember the seven churches to the seven churches, to the seven letters to the seven churches and the warnings uh, that Christ himself gave to them. So they knew what was going to happen, and, and they knew to leave. Uh, and those who didn't leave, and I don't believe any real biblical Christian, any follower of Christ did not leave because you were going to believe what the Messiah said. But those unbelievers, those unbelieving Jews, died a, in a great tribulation that had never been since. It was worse than... Uh, 71 BC, and it was worse than 580 BC with the Babylonians. It was worse than Antiochus Epiphanes. If you want to read history on how bad those things were, read read the Word, or read the Book of Maccabees. You know, one and two, and three and four. You know, the apocalyptic literature. Um, if you want to know what happened in AD 70, read Josephus. Now, he's not an easy read, but there are. Um, Jose, people have put together Josephus and made it more readable and, and more um, easy to digest because he he's he writes and he rambles on and he's but it gets the important parts. But if you want to see what really happened in AD seventy to the to the Jewish people, it's incredible. Um, and it was great tribulation, like Christ says, that's never been nor will ever be. I mean, it's. It wasn't Hitler. It wasn't the Holocaust. It's not going to happen again. This It's over. Christ came in judgment. God divorced Israel. God divorced that first covenant. Uh, those who were true Israel, right? Many, many Jews. Paul the Apostle, Peter, James, Matthew, John, all the 12 disciples, right? Everybody, you know, the, all the, and all the Jewish church, they were really Jews. They were true Jews. And the Gentiles who believed in Christ were engrafted into that true Israelness, that true Jew. It's not, it's not replacement theology. That's just stupid. No one replaced anybody. God grafted in uh, by his mercy us Gentiles uh, that weren't part of this before. And he, and he created a new covenant um, in his blood through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's a beautiful thing. So the book of Revelation you know, 90% of it or more, it's it's about what happened in AD 70. It's warning the church and it's given them hope. Because if you didn't have this, if you didn't have this apocalypse and you're a first century Jew, you wouldn't know what was going down. And you would think God had abandoned you. I mean, how could the city of God fall by Roman hands? Um, how could we be starved? I mean, women were eating their babies and um, I, it's incredible. These, these, these Jewish zealots were dressed like women. 
and they would wear makeup and long hair and, and then they would go down the street and stab people. The blood was so high. They killed priests in the temple. They defiled it. It was unbelievable what they did. Um, the murder and the robbery and the fear. And they were locked in there because the Romans had created a siege for three and a half years, times, times, and a half times. But anyway, God in his mercy had, had, had given comfort to these to these people in the first century. So you said, well, where, where does that leave us? Well, it, it, it leaves us, number one, with a lot of hope. Um, but it also, we have to understand and interpret the Bible, what it meant to the reader of that day. Because once we start putting our newspaper and the days of our events on these things, we get we get whacked. So I, I definitely don't want to do that. But what I wanna what I wanna talk about is this sick cyclic power, this this prophecy um, that seems to be cyclic. Okay. So what I'm not saying, here's what I'm not saying is that this is the end of the world or end of the time right now or you know this is a, I, I have no freaking idea right i just know things are bad throughout this earth things are bad throughout this earth uh, they're bad in the united states but they're also bad in france right uh they're also bad in canada right and they're bad in brazil right they're bad in china right they're bad in iran it's it's bad and, and this covid thing um it, it, the economy, it's just, it's just like this weird reset, this weird takeover here in America. And of course, in the UK, you know, we now have the vaccine. And it's very strange um, because they're celebrating this thing. And they, they put the poster boys, poster women up there. And I got the first one. And, you know, but at the same time, they're, they're reporting the death rates, the highest it's ever been. And it's, it's really, really strange, strange times. And so... Looking at this, um, and you look at this whole political election that we just had here in America, and if you're in another country listening, you've, you've been through your politics or going through your politics right now. And um, There were so many, here in America at least, so many evangelical Christians that hooked, and they're still hooked to Donald Trump um, as their Messiah. And I am not kidding you. And now it's okay to go, it's it's okay to say I'm going to support this man or this party above this other party because this other party is definitely Luciferian. I mean, they're killing babies. They do this. They do that. They uh, right. This other one at least has some kind of Judeo-Christian value to it, right? Whether true or not, you know, it you align more politically with your. Uh, Christian beliefs, your Christian religion. Um, but some of these evangelicals have gone so far that can you be a Christian and vote for anybody but Trump? Can you, you know, and it, it just got crazy. And I don't have to tell you all the crazy prophecies about his um, winning the election and another four years and, you know, who knows? It, they're all failed prophecies. They're all wrong. All these dreams, all these visions. Paula White, Jonathan Kahn, you know, Jim Baker, uh, crazy Copeland. I can go on and on. There's a, there's just thousands of them, really. Well-known ones and ones that you don't know that uh, falsely prophesied. And you only, you only need one false prophet, uh, or one false prophecy to be a false prophet. It's just, it, they're ridiculous. 
they're holding on to the wrong thing. And so politically, they're, they're hanging on to Trump or their political GOP or their, their party as their Messiah. Now, there's many people that are not Christian, Christian or non-Christian, and they're holding on to the vaccine. The vaccine is going to be the end of all. It's going to end everything. We're going to be back to normal. I was just telling Ms. Kapow today what we're going to see here, and this is, I'm not prophesying, I'm just analyzing and predicting through my analysis. What I believe we're going to see here is great, great division. You already have the division of the mass, the masquetas and the no masks, and you have the great division of, um, you know, it, it, it's a, of, of how you, you react to these uh, mandates, uh, COVID mandates. But I believe with the vaccine, it's going to be, um, where do you stand? Well, I'm going to wait and see. I don't really blah, blah, blah. Well, then you're my enemy because I'm going to get vaccinated and I'm not going to have you make me sick. And the other person might say, well, you're the enemy because you're succumbing to them. You know, and it's, it's just going to be great division. It's going to be hard to find a balance in all of this. And of course, these are personal decisions you got to make. I was telling Ms. Kapow, for me personally, I'll know what I'm going to do when it gets close to that time. How do I know that? Because the Holy Spirit will guide me. I will listen to the Lord and the Lord will give me wisdom in these things. But to blab off my mouth right now, what the heck's going to happen or what I'm going to do is it would be ridiculous. I don't know. That's going to be up to up the Lord. We live in some weird, weird, crazy times. Of course, at my age and what I do and stuff like that, I, I'm low on the list anyway. And it wouldn't really, it's not something I have to worry about <laughs> anyway, you know, I'll probably be long gone by then. So, um, uh, let's, let's look at, I'm going to, I'm going to share screen and I'm going to go look at, uh, I'm going to show you a couple of scriptures here and show you what I mean as far as like putting trust in the system or in the world or in a vaccine or anything, anything of that uh, nature here. And what I want to look at here is um, this is this right here is, uh, oh, let me find it here. Did the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested? And um, now the, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation for clarity. It's Matthew 22, uh, verse 15 and on. And this, they sent some of their disciples along with supporters of Herod to meet with him. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God. Truthfully, you are impartial. Don't play favorites. Now tell us, what do you think about this? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And Jesus says, you're a hypocrite. You're, why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin used for the tax. And when they handed the Roman coin, he said, whose picture and titles on it? And they said, Caesar's, Caesar's, Caesar's. And um, Jesus, in his wisdom, said, well then, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Give to, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Okay? So right there, that tells you what our Messiah wants you to do. Do you pay your taxes? Of course you pay your taxes. You know, do you send, you send your kids to school? Do you pay your bills? Of course you do that. You do that. You, do, you, do you stop at red lights? Of course you stop at red lights. But when it comes to the things of God, you give to God what is God's. And what is God's is your life. You are a living sacrifice. He paid for you and redeemed you if you've accepted Messiah. You belong to God. You do God's 
work. You do God's will. He'll guide you. He'll show you. But you are not involved in this uh, nonsense of um, you know political debate and, and things like that. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Whose title and picture and stamp is on it? It's Caesar's. It's Trump's. It's Joe, you know, crazy Joe and Harry Camels. Um, whatever. It, it's That's who's like, give it whatever they got to do. But what belongs to God, you give to God. So you got to know who you're serving, right? You got to know who your God is. Let's go to Luke 23, 28. Okay. And here we have Jesus. He's already um, been convicted by Pilate, the crucifixion. They led Jesus away. And uh, it talks about Simon of Cyrene, and he was carrying a cross for him. And a large crowd trailed behind, uh, and, and including many grief-stricken women. And our Messiah turned around, and he said to them, he said, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. You see, he was prophesying to them. He was telling them, don't cry for me. This is judgment. When I, I'm going to come back. In 40 years, he came back in judgment in AD 70. All those plagues you read about in the book of Revelation, thats it's all symbology. Um, <laughs> to, to understand that, you have to understand where the symbols come from in the Old Testament. And then it opens up and unlocks for you. Um, it's not the late great planet Earth by Hell Lindsay. Let me tell you that much. Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children, he said. He said, for the days are coming, and they did come in AD 70. They came within 40 years that he said this. For the days are coming when they will say, fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child and the breasts that have never nursed. In other words, um, you're going to be blessed if you're single and don't have kids and you don't have to take care of them and you can, um, you know, try to survive. Uh, he also talked about, you know, in Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and Luke 21 about getting out of Jerusalem and uh, pray that it's not on the Sabbath. And he said, also pray that you're not, uh, you don't have children that you're nursing at the time. <laughs> it makes things rough. And verse 30 says, people will beg the mountains to say, they'll say, fall on us. They'll plead with the hills, bury us. They'll want to die. Uh, for if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? In other words, uh, if they happen to me and I'm still alive and I'm the Messiah, I guess what's going to happen to you when you're dead and <laughs> you're not the Messiah, right? So what is he saying there? He's saying, uh, choose wisely who you're going to serve. Don't cry for me, Jerusalem. Um, choose wisely who you're going to serve. Uh, because um, I'm going to come back in judgment. Cyclic, God is God. He's immutable. Um, I think America and the rest of this earth has had so much opportunity uh, to obey the gospel of Christ. They've heard it. And to obey it, I think the church, there's a phony church out there. There's a phony religious evangelical Christianity that's not even biblical anymore. You know you know which ones I'm talking about. They've had opportunity to repent uh, of their sins, and they haven't. And whether this is the end of the world or end of the time or anything, that I don't know. But I see cyclic prophecy here where it just gets worse and worse 
and the more um, plagues that come upon this earth, the more people reject God and the worse they get. They stay filthy, they stay sinful, and they just curse God rather than uh, this this whole coronavirus thing should have drove us to our knees, but it didn't. Um, it drove us to the courts. It drove us to the election booths. It, it drove us to uh, demand that the, the churches stay open so we can collect our tithes. It, it didn't drive us to our knees. Uh, it drove us to false prophets. It drove us to false hope. It didn't drive us to our knees. It didn't drive us to to beg God um, for mercy and to renew our relationships, to renew our lives. So anyway, um, let's look at John nineteen eleven, and uh, Pilate is, um, you know, saying, you know, I don't find any, you know, wrong in this guy, and um, so they went and they they mocked Jesus and put a crown of thorns on his head and things like that. And Pilate says, look, here's the man. He says this to the Jewish crowd, by the way. These are Jewish crowd. And in verse 6, it says, when they saw him, the Jews, the leading priests, these are the priests of Yahweh, the priests of God, and the temple guards. These are the guards of God, the temple guards. They begin shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Um, and Pilate says, take him yourselves and crucify him. I don't find him guilty. And the, and the Jewish leaders replied, by our law, he ought to die because he called himself the son of God. And Pilate says he's no more frightened than, than, um, than, than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters. Uh, Pilate was scared. And he, he asked him again, where are you from? And Jesus didn't give any answer. And he says, don't you realize I have the power to release you or crucify you? And our Messiah, you know, looks at this poor, <laughs> this poor little wretch and says, you would have no power over me at all, unless it was given to you from above. Okay, what's the lesson here? Um, government, people are in charge of you. They're only allowed to because of God. Now, you hate your governor. I, I don't like my governor. I think he's an idiot. But I have to realize he's there for a reason. And it's probably judgment um, on Sin City. Yeah. So anyway, so the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Here's what Messiah tells him. Okay, you don't have any power over me. God gave you the power. But the one, the people, the Jewish people, the Jewish people who handed me over to you have the greatest sin. Ooh. So then Pilate tries to release him, but the Jewish leaders, the Jewish leaders shouted, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar's. Wow. No friend of Caesar's. No friend of Caesar. If you release them. Who were they tied to? Not Yahweh. Not his son. Not Messiah. Who's been prophesied by the law and the prophets for thousands of years. They miss his visitation. They, they don't get it. They harden their hearts against him. The Jewish leader said, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar's, Caesar. Um, it, it sounds like, the, here in America, it sounds like the, 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 the evangelical Trump shouts. 
Oh, who are they aligning with? There's there's people here that they're devastated uh, <laughs> that Trump lost the election. Well, was it stolen? Was it? Well, it certainly appears that way. But 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 that's not the case. The case is he he he's not the president anymore. And God did not make your Cyrus your leader. He made Jesus your Messiah. Who who are you gonna who are you gonna hook on to? And I'm 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 using Trump here as 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 Americans, but it's all over the, the earth. It, it, it depends on what country you're from. The, the, the Christians there, the people could be tied to something else. Their political leaders, or their vaccine, or their education system, or their judges. Somebody's gonna save them, but it's always the wrong savior. And in verse 13, it says, when they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. And Pilate sat down on the judgment seat on the platform that's called the stone pavement, Gabbatha. Um, and, and, and it was about noon on the day of preparation for the Passover. And Pilate said to the people, look, here is your king. And here's what they said. Here's what they said. Away with him. They yelled this, away with this so-called Messiah. Away with him, crucify him. And Pilate says, what? Crucify your king? I, I, come on, guys. Now, this is important, and I want this to sink in your head. Here's what they said. We have no king but Caesar. Who said that? The Roman guards, uh, the Gentiles? No, the leading priests. The priests of Yahweh, my friend, shouted back, we have no king but Caesar. Not only this man, Jesus, that was going up for crucifixion, but Father Yahweh, their God themselves, was not their king. Only Caesar was their king. And so at that point, uh, Pilate um, turned him over to be, you know, turned Jesus over to be crucified. We have no king but Caesar. Folks, are, are, there's whether you are or not, you know, I don't know, um, people are listening, but there are many, many evangelical Christians and Christians out there who have another king, and it's not Yahweh. It's not Yahweh's Messiah. They have another king, um, and they're shouting, there's no king but Caesar. How could this happen to us? I'm just giving you a cyclic warning. I'm just giving you bad things happen. Let's go to Revelation 9.13. It says, Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice speaking from the four horns of the gold altar and uh, that stands in the presence of God. And the voice said to the sixth angel who held the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great Euphrates River. Now you got to remember, this is the book of Revelation. It's written in symbology. All the symbology can be interpreted and found in the Old Testament. Then the four angels who had been prepared for this hour and day and month and year were turned loose to kill one-third of all the people on the earth. This word here is earth is, is um, land. It doesn't mean world or globe like we Westerners think. This was written 2,000 years ago. The first century Jews would understand what this means, people on the land, on the land of Judea, on the uh, land surrounding the temple in Jerusalem. I heard the size of their army, which was 200 million mounted troops, 
Once again, in the Greek, this just means a whole lot of people. This is judgment. This is the judgment of Messiah. Christ died as a paschal lamb, and he comes back as an avenging lion. All right? He was the lamb that was slain. He's the one that was able to take the seals, the seven seals, and break them off. That was his testament. That was his last will and testament. You see, you have to die in order to make the last will and testament valid. So his death, his blood made the new covenant, the new testament valid. We're under a new testament. And this is the seals that he's breaking off. And John says in his vision, he saw horses and riders sitting on them and the riders wore armor that was fiery red and dark blue and yellow. This is all war stuff. It's all Old Testament war stuff. The horses had heads like lions and fire and smoke and burning sulfur. It was a bad deal. Things were burning. Read Josephus if you can. Uh, one of the Josephus books I have that I like is called um, Thrones of Blood. I believe you can probably still get that. There's some other ones that I have that are really good that have that are more readers digest version of Josephus read it. And you're just going to, your whole world's going to open up for you in biblical prophecy. Cause you're going to see what Jesus was talking about uh, in Matthew uh, 24 and Mark 13 and Luke 21. You're going to see that. You're also going to see the things that Paul said and the things that are revelation. You're going to see that it's like right on. Um, and once you see it as a historical thing, and God's saving power for his church. It's a real blessing. And when you're not looking at some future antichrist or a third temple or God's clock stopping and he has a whole separate agenda for Israel. And, you know, when you get rid of all that nonsense, that's what it is. It's just doctrine of demons. It starts to make sense. And you can see the sovereignty and glory of God. It's all about Messiah. And anything that takes away from Messiah is a doctrine of demons. Um, one third of all the people of the earth of the land were killed by these three plagues and the fire, the smoke and the burning sulfur. Uh, you go to the old Testament, you see this Sodom and Gomorrah, you see fire, smoke, you see burning sulfur, you see Elijah calling down fire from heaven. It's all old Testament symbology that would make sense to a first century Jew. It came from the mouth of the horses. Their power was in their mouths and in their tails for their tails had head like snakes with the power to injure people. Now, this is what I want you to take away from this um, right here, okay? Right here. But the people who did not die in these plagues still, still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Uh, what did they do? They continued to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that can't see to hear or walk. Um, your vaccination is not going to save you, and neither is your church worship band, <laughs> um, your mega church, your your hipster pastor with the, the skinny jeans. That's not, none of that's working, folks. Um, there's plagues on the land. We don't want to be one of these people that are still refusing to repent of evil deeds. This is what I want you to take away from this talk. And they did not repent of their murders or witchcraft or sexual immorality or their thefts. This is all 
Old Testament judgment language. You can find this all throughout the Bible. Witchcraft, sorcery, idolatry, thou shalt not have any other gods before me, beside me. Sexual immorality, it's not just banging your girlfriend, dude. Sexual immorality is idolatry against God. Um, if you're the bride of Christ, you can't go whoring around with other messiahs, false Jesus, okay? <clears throat> you can't steal souls. I think you get it. And that's the takeaway on this, okay? So we looked at Matthew. Jesus says, give the Caesar what belongs to Caesar, give the God what belongs to God. Pretty clear, okay? We have Jesus say, hey, don't wait for me. Wait for yourself because the days are coming uh, when you're going to wish you weren't even born. It's going to be bad. And it happened. It happened. And then you got Pilate saying, hey, I want to release this guy. You sure you want me to kill your king? And they say, we have no king but Caesar. Okay? We have no king but Caesar. Uh, goes right against what I just read in Matthew 22, 15. And then when Revelation, it's just one little thing here in Revelation, I just wanted to point out that um, the people did not, that, who did not die of the plagues, the people that did die of COVID and lose their jobs and lose everything still refuse to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. That's what I'm trying to say, okay? I'm not predicting anything. I'm just saying that biblical history seems to be cyclic and we're in a very weird time. Um, I think it would behoove all of us to take heed of our own lives and repent of those things we need to repent of. Throw away the religion, man. I, I, I threw it away a long time ago and I had great difficulty doing so internally and externally. Um, people don't like when you don't go to church. People don't like when you don't participate in their little games and their little, you know, people don't like when you say, I give unto the Lord as the Lord puts into my heart and I give to whoever he tells me to give to, whether I get a tax deduction from it or not, or whether I call it a tithe or not, I give to who the Lord tells me. They don't like that. They, they want you to put your money in their coffer and they go, God wants your time, your talent, and your moolah. And that is a lie and that's a pit. Um, it's, a, it's a demonic life in the pit of hell. What God wants from you is to believe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he gave you a free gift of salvation and reconciliation. And if you can't appreciate that, you're not worthy of it. Simple as that. If you can't appreciate the free gift of Christ and his grace, you're not worthy of it. Let the filthy still be filthy. And with all the plagues, you still won't repent. You're still looking for another Messiah. And that's a warning I want to give to anybody who's willing to listen. That's all I got to say. I know. I'm so positive. Uh, that's what he has me saying. <laughs> what, can, what can I do? Blow balloons up for you? Make balloon animals for you? Entertain you? I don't know. Um, those who will have a blessed week, please have a blessed week. Um, stay focused, man. Render under Caesar's what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God, okay? Um, 
do not say we have no king but Caesar. Please do not ever say that. Don't ever look for salvation or relief from any other area but God, especially now, because he's proven himself who he is. Okay. Good night.